everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner. Hallie, hey. I didn't say good morning. I know. Hey. I didn't say it. It's actually afternoon, which is kind of cool too. Yeah. Uh, we have an awesome uh, podcast for you today. This is um, an interview that I did uh, with two individuals after our live event a couple weeks ago where we were really focused on spirituality. And we have a lot of conversations for our listeners in almost 80 countries who really we talk a lot about and I've used a lot of the words like surrender or releasing of energy or sitting with energy. And when we were at one of our events, which you were at and mm -hmm. you got to witness in the last day, we had kind of done a lot of deep work and they've been doing deep work for some of them for more than a couple of years and, um, and whatnot. But uh, we got very deep as a group and there were some pretty good releases and we talked about them as a group and kind of dissected them. And so I thought it'd be really good to have these two individuals come on and share their stories. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really cool being there, seeing these are just two regular, mm -hmm. successful, successful, but regular yeah. people. John David's from Alaska. Um, I always want to say he lives in the middle of the nowhere. I don't actually know if that's accurate or not, but he's, you know, lives you think out, of Alaska, out, like out in, in Alaska and, and Amy is from right outside of Boston and they just are ordinary just like you people, and yeah, me, right? Exactly. Like they're just ordinary people living their life, but they've, they had these incredibly deep and profound spiritual experiences while we're sitting in a hotel conference room, yeah, exactly. which was really cool. Yeah. You don't have to be in a cave. Like right. we always said, like personal growth is life. Life is the greatest teacher and business is this opportunity to grow personally. And so I thought these, these two individuals sharing their stories would be a great way to showcase a, what is it? What does it look like to actually release energy? What does it look like when you really orient your life, not the personal growth that you want or the spiritual growth that you want to be able to control? Like a lot of people like, I want to grow personally, but I want to control it down in my little controlled bubble, mm -hmm. right? But when you truly go in the spiritual path, it's full surrender. Yeah. And you don't know when it's going to show up. You don't know what's going to trigger you, what it is. And I think these are great examples and it's painful. I was going to say and how hard yes. and how much resistance there was and visibly you could yes. see the struggle. Yeah. Um, but then ultimately the release of yeah. letting go. Yeah. And, and, one of, and one of our participants was even like, you know, you keep saying it's really hard. I don't really necessarily see it. Then we went through that day and then later on she was like, oh, I get it. And like, yeah. cause that triggered her to have a little bit. And she goes, oh, now I start to see it. And so it's uh, one of the things I talk about in the interview, which you're going to you're going to hear in a second is, you know, just explain a little bit is that being able to kind of see some of that ego in there is like being able to see like an apple in your mind's eye. It's really relevant. It's like that's how you start to see these things. Then it becomes clear as to what you actually are releasing. So I think you're really going to enjoy both of these stories. Stay with us They're a little bit longer today, but they go really in depth. They provide real examples of real people with kids, with families, the real fears and just this the raw conversation between the three of us. So John David, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, you are a parent, you have a successful business, and there was this change in your orientation in your life. You kind of like a poll and you said kind of what drew you to Project U, but um, forget about Project U for a second. Just in general, where was this shift for you or what was this, has this poll been there to kind of do this inner work? Because inner work is is not necessarily easy. As Oprah said, it's just, it's this painful, this personal growth stuff. And it never ends. You know, was that, has that been there your life? Has there been a new orientation? Kind of walk us through what kind of led you into kind of reshifting your, your focus, uh, more of an inward one versus outward. I can't put my finger on a specific event or point point in time. I think this has been more of a, I was looking for a specific date, long term, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more of a long term 
half that I honestly probably ignored for a long time, or I, maybe I didn't know to, to label it as an, as an inner path. Yeah. And I've, I've always kind of seeking knowledge or seeking to learn more about myself and, and really just in the last couple of years have been paying more attention to it, to that draw. Um, and so, you know, in business, we talk a lot about business growth and, uh, in real estate specifically, we talk about sales and, and a lot of our, the types of coaching that people do are driven by sales and, and business, uh, advancement. And that's, that's all very valuable. And, but really the value that I've been looking for is more learning about myself. And we talk about all kinds of things like lead measures and lag measures. And, um, you know, what's the one thing we should be focusing on. And I've always believed that that should, that's really myself or the, the, the person. And that while the business activities are important, the one thing that's going to have the overall effect on every other part of our lives is, is each of us as individuals. And so, um, I have been much more driven by, by that and by, connecting with my family, then that comes before my business efforts. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in the, in the business side of things, we, you know, the, the level of success that you have is driven by the content in the tone of that voice that no one hears inside your head from the, from the doing side. Um, but that can also be a shadow side to that as well too. All right. So You've made this kind of orientation transition into, you know, realizing that you were not going to not necessarily, what I love about your story is that you've, you knew that it was there and you almost kind of covered it up with work. You covered it up with success. You covered it up by being mm -hmm. a parent. You covered it up in just different ways that we all do that, knowing that there's this kind of itch that just hasn't been able to be scratched or it just keeps showing back up. And our astral body, energy body is one of those forces that can't use language uh, to communicate. It's like in your mind, you know, your, your mind can throw words out there that you see. So it feels more real. Whereas your energy body, your astro body uses different levels of energy, uh, vibrations to kind of get you to say, Hey, pay attention to me. Right. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of us in business think that that, when that pops up, that we need to go out and do something more, right. Instead of realizing and waking up and a lot more people are of saying, well, hold on, that doesn't work anymore for me. It just, it doesn't work. Yes, it works momentarily, but I'm not after this this hour high from a year long kind of progression of trying to get some goal. And just kind of went in deep. And um, so walk us through a little bit of some of the, maybe the, the progression that you've seen since you've done some of this inner work over the last kind of six months or so, and then kind of lead us up until um, a couple of weeks ago. Sure, so the more focused inner work I started doing over the last six months really started with more regular meditation or regular meditation period. Cause I didn't, my prior experience with meditation was really in yoga classes led by, led by somebody else. And so I started meditating on my own, um, once a day, most days I, I was pretty consistent with that. Um, my morning routine also, I actually committed to a morning routine and shifted my, my sleep pretty significantly to give myself a couple hours in the morning. And, and that was a pretty big game changer for me to just have time to myself period. And so that just having some time to myself to kind of reflect on what was going on in life to meditate. And then, um, through our, through our retreats with project, you it kind of each time, regardless of whatever general topic we were going over, 
at the retreat, you know, our, our group dove pretty quickly into deep conversation each time. And, and that is, has continued throughout each retreat. And so it would get, my thoughts would kind of get clearer and deeper after each one. And then really as we progressed through the year, just in the last couple of months, um, I got certified with, um, other transcendental meditation. And so that actually helped me make a lot more sense of what meditation can look like and to approach it as something easier than what I had been before. I wasn't, um, really at odds with, with the activity in my mind anymore. And that really actually had a pretty quick effect on me. I had much deeper, um, meditations leading up to that. Um, and that was just in the last six weeks or so. Yeah. And for people that are not familiar with, with TM transcendental meditation, it's twice a day. You're, you're given a, basically what I like about TM is that you're given a model and a system of how to meditate and then what you're supposed to be looking for and, 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 when things show up in meditation, they walk you through and they give you a lot of knowledge around the meditation itself. So it's one of those things. I heard Jerry Seinfeld a couple of weeks ago talk about how TM is like TM and exercise would solve everyone's problems. That's literally what he said in the quote. And I was just like, yes, and he's just the one. Um, Oprah is a, also a big fan of that. And Ray Dalio, who runs the largest hedge fund in the world, private hedge fund in the world, is a big supporter of that, along with Hugh Jackman and a whole slew of other people. But that's essentially, you know, TM is twice a day, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the midday or towards the evening. And you have a mantra and they give you a model system, which is what I like about it because it gives you that place. Okay. So. We were um, at uh, our event and walk us through what took place with you. And, and so we can kind of unpack what it looks like to a listener who's kind of going through this. And maybe one of the reasons why I wanted you guys both on here is that I know people are going through these themselves. And so this could help give them some verification or validation that they're on the right path. Because I think a lot of times with spirituality or personal growth or inward growth, people have this idea that it's it's their version of what personal growth looks like. And it's all about just success or it's all about just this growth. And yeah, it's like, it's like I want to manage the growth, like I'll, I'll take, I know it's going to be hard, but I'll allow the hard to come in. Like I want to regulate how much hard that's there is what I, I sense a lot from people. It's like, I'm going to go through this, but everything else needs to stay fine over here. As long as this, I can give up this over here. And that's when you're on a true spiritual path or a deep path to get rid of, you know, it's basically, we change our expectations for appreciation, right? We change our, our preferences or likes for appreciation of whatever is unfolding. Um, so I think it's just clear for people when they're going and actually doing this deep work that it is quite painful. And I don't mean painful. It can be physically because there's, there's reactions, which we'll get into that, but also it's a, uh, it, it's, it, you have to be willing to let go of you controlling any of this process. All right. So, um, John David, why don't you take us through, you know, that day when you started having, um, you know, that some of these releases that we're referring to kind of walk us through how they started bubbling up, what they look like to kind of give us our readers, just kind of dive into what was you were experiencing so people can kind of um, act as if they were there with you. So really that started at the beginning of the week, you had spoken to all of us and said to just remain open to the experiences that we'll have throughout the week and to beware of our, of our own energy and it, and I came into that week with that mindset, certainly. And so the, the both of the releases I experienced happened on the last day that we were all together. And 
the first one was in the morning. We were all together in a group session and you were teaching and your attention was drawn to Amy and you and Amy uh, began a dialogue there. And when that happened, I experienced, I noticed some, some different, some energy that was different than I experienced before. Um, and it, it was in my chest. It felt like turmoil. It felt negative. It felt, um, it was very different. It, it, it grabbed my attention pretty quickly. And I, wasn't quite sure what it was at first. I honestly thought that I was feeling other energies throughout the room. Um, and right before this, you had been talking to us about fear and that, you know, as we have opportunities to, to go deeper into our, into our spirituality and our spiritual path, that these, these, hurdles to get over and to present themselves in different ways. And that it's, there's always a fear there. There's often a fear there. And you were asking us, what are we, what do we think that we're so afraid of that we're unwilling to, to go there. And in the moment when, when you were asking us that question, I remember thinking, well, I guess what I'm afraid of is probably has something to do with myself about, you know, something to do with imposter syndrome or maybe a, a fraud or, you know, we have a lot of those fears that come up naturally within all of us. And, and I kind of was like, well, I guess that's probably what I'm afraid of. And then, and then bleed forward a few minutes um, when you're having the dialogue with Amy and I feel this energy and I'm just, I'm pay, paying attention to this energy that I feel and I'm trying to make sense of it. And then out of nowhere, I, I get this, this thought that I didn't come up with, it was just kind of appeared that it was the thought of that my fear was that I would leave my wife and daughter behind. And right there, it, I was like, Oh, there's the fear. That's what I'm really afraid of. And it wasn't, it was, it wasn't, as detailed when I shared this with, with some other people later, they were wondering, well, did you feel like you were going to die? And that's what you mean. And it wasn't anything like that. It was just that like by me advancing or, or taking a step forward spiritually that equaled leaving my wife and daughter behind and not having a life with them. Like that's, that's what it felt like in the moment. And there, it wasn't any, you know, detailed at any, at any level. And it felt terrifying. It was, it was it, right in that moment, I recognized it. It manifested detailed enough for me to know that I'm scared of that. And I didn't want to touch it. And I could feel it in my throat right then and in my chest. And then as I thought about it, there were some emotions behind it. And then when that happened, I, I shut it down. Um, being in the group and I just, that was my natural um, reaction to it. And so that was right before we were going to have lunch as a group. Um, and I, from that point on it, before we went for lunch, I just kind of paid attention to the energy as much as I could. And I still just shut it down a little bit. And then we went into, um, to the room to have lunch together and, 
I remember, I didn't, I don't think I've shared this with you, Adam, but I remember walking in and I must have gone to the bathroom or something before because most people were in the room already. And walked into the lunchroom and I noticed, Adam, that you were sitting by yourself at one of the tables, which was, which was odd. It stood out to me because normally when I walk in and you're already there, you're with a group of people and, have, and everybody's conversing with you. And um, for whatever reason, you must have walked in um, after them, but uh, you were at a table by yourself. And I remember thinking, or not necessarily thinking, but feeling when I walked by that, that this energy is going to probably come out at some point while we're sitting here. And, and so I went and grabbed lunch and um, you and Amy and I, another person in the project, you um, were sitting there and you, I remember you turned to me and, and said, so how are you doing? And I, I just was like, man, I am worn out that. And we talked about the energy in, in the room that um, after we, we had just experienced was um, just hit us, hit us all um, and, and took a, a lot of energy from us. And as we were having a conversation, I had, I had said to you and Amy that I, I, when you guys were having that conversation, I felt this energy and this is turmoil and it. I was, it was recent enough. I was trying to make sense of it and processing it. And, and then I said, well, in, in, while experiencing that energy, I, I realized you'd have been asking us what our fear was. And I thought I identified it as one thing when you were asking us in the moment. And then during while experiencing that energy, I, I realized that it's, I fear that I'm going to leave my wife and daughter behind. And I looked at you and I said, and that's freaking terrifying. And it's, and you said, and, and, and when I did, I didn't, I was, I brought it up expecting to just kind of process it out loud. And when I did at that time, emotions started coming with it. And, and you, I'm sure recognized right away what was going on. And, that I had some energy that needed, that was ready to go, ready to release. And that was, I hadn't experienced that before. So I was um, fighting it a little bit. And Adam, you helped me sit with it and, 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 and go towards it really. Um, because my, my ego jumped back in and wanted me to, you know, not experience that emotion in a room with other people. Um, to you know cause a scene or anything like that and and you you looked at me and said I, I can tell that you love them very much and that they how much they mean to you and and encouraged me to sit with it and and so as, as I did basically what that what that looked like was just thinking about that that thought that came that came into my head that 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 fear chose to manifest in the form of me leaving my wife and daughter behind. And, it, it, and that was at one level of, of that pain and discomfort, discomfort. And then the next, what took it to another level was me picturing my daughter's face in my mind. And that's really when the nar knob got cranked a little bit in my uh, inside that made, made those emotions really jump up um, more and I, th I think we sat there for four or five minutes and, um, or no, actually I paused yeah. like after maybe 15 seconds or so, I, I, like I felt this rush of emotion and then I felt it subside a little bit. And I remember thinking, well, 
okay, is that it? Or it was maybe I, I, I faced it cool. And then I was like, wait a minute, maybe I didn't. And I, I opened my eyes and I looked at you and you shook your head and you're like, let your ego jump back and take control there. And then I, I went towards it again. And, and, and that's when I pictured my daughter's face. And that's when it, um, when the emotions got more intense. And so really what that was like, and I'm able to think about it this way after processing it after the fact is that that's what, that's the way that my, my astral body chose to manifest the fear for me to, there was something that I didn't want to go towards. Um, and I, I did. And then my daughter's picturing my daughter's face is what, made that pain and discomfort intensify. And it also ended up being what guided me through it, mm-hmm. through the experience. Um, and so I think that the whole thing lasted four or five minutes. Um, and then we talked about it a little, a little bit right afterwards. And then I started to experience my, I remember seeing like my, my hands are tingling and um, I didn't quite know what to make of it at the time, but I started to have these, involuntary shakes and shivers in my upper body. Um, and I didn't really know what was going on. You explained that it was this, this energy you know, released part of this energy anyway, released. And now my energy is all out of whack on the inside and it kind of doesn't know what to do. And so there's, um, there's some physical um, things happening. And so we, we walked around outside for a little bit and talked about it the experience more. And, and when we started walking, it was like my, it was like I was hypothermic and my body was trying to regenerate some heat by causing me to shake around. And it was pretty, I mean, they're not subtle shakes. by any means. Um, so, so that was the most of the first one. Yeah. You know, uh, well, thanks for sharing that. And I, I appreciate that um, from, from your perspective there too. One of the things that when, when we get close to, you said it beautifully too about how your astral body will disguise whatever needs to come up, whether that's a samskara. I mean, it's really all they are, samskaras that are stored past experiences that we didn't let process. And so, if we don't want it, the if we don't want it, the process, whatever that was, it may be too frightening to allow it to come through the conscious mind. It'll take different shapes. It could take shapes of business failures. It could take shapes of leaving your kids. It could take shapes of you dying or getting a car accident. That's what dreams are about too, as well as taking the shape to kind of purge your body of these 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 dams that are blocking your energy from naturally flowing. And so that's what a samskara is: just a stored experience blocking your energy from reaching your heart. And so what we did was when we were sitting there, when I could recognize every time you wanted to close your heart, right? It's, and that's mm-hmm. what I just kept telling you is over and over again of just keep your heart open. It's like you have to keep it open. You first starts around the edges. It starts to close. You keep that open and then you allow the experience to come through. And what you're doing is you're allowing that stored negative energy, the black energy, the, the samskara to be released. And when that releases, especially these larger ones, your body has this influx of just natural energy and it doesn't know how to contain it. And and this can happen as you work on this, this can happen for years where you have to maybe go outside and, you know, I had you pick up something from, from, from nature, which I did too, as well to ground my energy, which we can talk with Amy's about later. Um, but like grabbing that, you can walk around barefoot. Acupuncture works really well. Massage can work really well because some people will go have this energy in their shakes. That they can't stop for days. Um, they're going through these releases. Cause you think about, you know, if you have a certain amount of air going through a pipe, then all of a sudden instantaneously in a couple minutes, you've got three times the amount of energy 
rushing through there, your body doesn't know quite how to ground it. And so you got you can use nature in itself to, to ground itself, um, especially at these higher levels. Um, so thanks for that. So then the kind of the first one, then later on in the evening, you, you, you tend to have another one. Walk us through that one. Sure. So, uh, and, and one more thing to add on the, on the first one, like you, you said, I, and I had this question right afterwards and we talked about it, that it, you know, the thought of my, of me leaving my wife and daughter behind when it, when you think about it, or when I think about it, it, it's silly. It's, I'm not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. It doesn't mean anything, but it just chose to choose this form that knowing that I didn't want to go near to near it. And so that, that helped me process it um, quite a bit after, after the fact. Um, and so the second one was the same day, um, later that night, many of us were hanging out later that night and a person started to sing. And when, when the singing was happening, I felt energy again. And this time it was, it was different in that it didn't manifest into something specific mm -hmm. like it did before. So before the first one, it, it manifested into a specific thought of me taking an action equals leaving my wife and daughter behind. The second one was just this painful, sad energy that I felt. And it was pretty intense. And I, it took me quite a while to process this one. Um, so, so this person was singing and I, I felt this, this intense pain and sadness inside, uh, in my, in my chest again. And this time I noticed it and I, I went towards, I sat with it. I didn't, I didn't shut it down. I could feel myself, part of myself wanting to shut it down, but I what when I felt it and I, I realized, I actually didn't realize in, in the moment what was, what was going on. I, I wasn't thinking I was just being, I wasn't thinking I was just being, yeah, exactly. And it kind of went into slow-mo at this point. I felt like slow-mo. So I recognized the energy and I just remember like my focus narrowing on it. And it was, like the rest of the room kind of just went away and I, mean, I was with several people and my focus just kept narrowing and narrowing and narrowing on this feeling that I was having. And pretty soon I, I just didn't have any real, real awareness of, of the person singing or anybody around me. And I, I can remember I was just kind of frozen in time. I kind of wondered if, if anybody saw me, what my face looked like, but I remember my mouth being open. And I, at one point I, rem I remember realizing that tears were running down my face and thinking, Whoa, tears are running down my face. Okay. And then I just kept leaning further into it. And that, I don't know how long that lasted, but it's probably like at least 30 seconds or so of, of me just focusing on it, maybe even closer to a minute. And then, and then at some point I felt like I was about to like erupt emotionally, like mm -hmm. erupt on a level that I generally don't. And, it, and as soon as that feeling hit, my awareness kicked back into wh where I was. And it went from me focusing on that to 
oh no, emotional eruption with people shut down. And so I, I realized like I, I started to, to kind of snap out of it and, and shut down and I turned to walk away. And another person was there that um, saw that I was, saw what was going on or saw that, that I was, I was having a, a very, about to have a very emotional moment. And, and she grabbed me and there were, we were happened to be next to a door up to um, out to the exterior. And so we went outside and, and she looked at me and just said, just let it go. And I just like, like the unfiltered emotion that came out was unlike anything I've really ever experienced. It was, it was like just these in waves of intense sadness and just deep, sad pain. And it, it wasn't about anything specific. It was just this pain that just came out and it was, it came in several waves and I just, I just melted emotionally. Unfiltered emotion is the, the best way that I can describe it. I think I, I told you that it was like the ugliest of ugly crying I've ever experienced. <laughs> and, and it lasted a long time. I don't know how long but it lasted. I was, it was, we were outside for a, a long time and there were several waves. It, it, it came and then it subsided a little bit. And then I, just let more come out. And it, it, this happened four or five or six times. Um, and, and after a while it, it subsided and I kind of collected myself and I, I, I don't think I've shared this with you, Adam, but right after that, it was, this was, it was well after dark at, at night where we were. And um, I was going to FaceTime my daughter before she went to bed and after I collected myself, I, I was FaceTiming with her and, and she said, dad, the sky is lighter where you're at. The sky looks lighter where you're at. And I, I was like, what did you say? She's like, the sky is lighter where you're at. And it was pitch black outside. And that just like, that really hit me. I thought that was yeah. very, very sweet and, and appropriate. Um, so and then afterwards, again, experienced the same um, energy, the same, like my hands and my arms were super cold and I had um, lots of shivers and shakes. And uh, in, the, in the moment, I tried to make sense of it and I tried to intellectually make sense of what had happened, why it happened, what the triggers were and all this. And, and you helped me realize later that it really, we could be triggered by anything and all and with these experiences, these experiences can be triggered by anything. And that really the details of that are irrelevant. And what to really pay attention to was that energy that, that I felt. And, and that was the big difference in between the two, well, two big differences. One that the first one manifested into a specific fear. The second one was just pain and sadness. Um, and then the second difference being that, the first one I showed it down to begin with, uh, and the second one I, I sat with and and leaned into, and it what what it triggered was a much more significant event. Yeah, well, thank you. That's that's beautiful. I mean, it's when you go through those experiences, which can be triggered by anything. It's when you have the opportunity to never close your heart and feel that experience, and then during that day, and obviously, you know, it's it's three days of really intense work we've been doing up to that final day. 
and you know that you're in a position it's like your astro body or your energy body knows that like it's like hey if you're gonna let me get this up then we're gonna come up right it's like let's just yeah. urging the system now and the first one you went through and you got the experience because you know we you didn't block it and and by the way this happens to people all the time they get the feeling the sense that they can let a lot go and then they block it it's like they're like i can't do this or i can't i can't be seen weak or they just don't use that experience to allow it to really work itself through and work itself through again that's just some scar which is just a store experience within yourself to allow that to kind of undam you so you can go back to your natural state. Um, and then for you, so when it realized like, hey, I've got this opportunity now, let me just see how much I can get out. And those waves, they can feel hot, they can feel cold, they can they can put people on the, on the, on the bed. I've seen all sorts of um, different experiences with people when they're going through those waves of what it feels like. And it's not a mind wave, it is a full visceral body wave that just moves through your whole thing. And you can, and almost like I, I explained to people that you can almost feel you can almost feel like a physical entity that's in there being released. Like you can feel mm -hmm. it coming up through your throat. Some people that I've worked with have gagged a lot. That happens. That happened a lot to me, uh, particularly early on, where you just you'd feel like you're gagging, like but you weren't sick. Like you were literally getting it out. Like it was. Um, some people threw up. One of my teachers would throw up for a while when when this is happening, and so this doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> so people, people are on these personal growth paths. These, these, again, and I think when people hear the word enlightenment or spiritual growth or inner growth, they want their version of spiritual growth, which is let me control the experience and versus mm -hmm. to really achieve this level of, of freedom, which is the absolute freedom, which we've, we've talked about a lot is you have to be willing to let go. I mean, let go of everything. And that's where people get, like I said, in the group, like it's terrifying. People get really terrified when they realize they have something they can let go of. They're there, who's in there. It's like when you have a deep meditation, I love asking that question, like, how do you know you went deep? Explain to me what deep means. Well, I just went deep. I, I went in there. I'm like, yes, who's, who's you, <laughs> right? And so that gets you primed for that. And you start to see like, wow, I do actually have something I can let go of. But when you, when you start to see that and become aware of it, the first time that you become aware that there's something you can actually let go of, it's extremely terrifying. And it'll show up, it may take five, six, seven times for that to come up to a point where you're able to actually handle the release. One of the things that you use Eckhart Tolle as an example, who had like basically such a large release that he fractured his psyche. And that can be one of the things that if you don't build up the internal or spiritual strength to start letting these things go, it can actually do do some damage, which most people come out of, but it could take a long time to do that um, from there. So why go through this, John David? Why go through it? Yeah. I mean, for, well, for you, what, what did it, what did the, what has, has life looked like now? I mean, you didn't obviously lose your family. You're still in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You still got a lot of work to do, but we all do. Yeah. So why go through Well, well first I, I do want to say that it, those are those are two things I probably would not have gone towards had I not been in the setting I, I was. And so that is something I'm super grateful for to have been w with you and, and then the other person to help me sit with that. And, you know, at some point, you know, I'm sure I'll be able to recognize and sit with some of those things on my own. But um, had I not been in that setting, I would have shoved them back down even deeper. And so I'm, very, very grateful for that because now to answer your question, I'm, I'm, it's, it's on several different levels. So one, we realize that those fears that are there are just fear. Yeah. And we, you know, I can, I can understand that and have understood that on some level up to that experience. And now I understand that, you know, to a new level, 
it's, it's just fear and that with even the first example, you know, my fear of leaving my wife and daughter behind and picturing my daughter being the, the biggest trigger of that pain and along with that fear also led me through it. That's what led me through it. So going towards that really get, is what gets us on the other side. And so um, what's really changed for me is my awareness of my heart since yeah. then. And that's something that we've talked a lot about and I could only really understand to a certain level. And now I know because I know, I know because I've experienced it and you use the example all the time of mistaking the menu for the meal. And now that makes way more sense. It's like I've been, <laughs> been reading the menu the whole time. And I just now actually had the meal for the first time. And so, um, I began to really know to have awareness of my heart and to realize that realize, know what that energy feels like and when it's open and then when something threatens it yeah. to make it want to close. And that's really been pretty, pretty cool. Um, since then to, to be able to, like I was, walking i remember walking through the airport on my uh, travels home at the end of the week and just want just uh, wanting to walk around all day to notice i wasn't even really interacting with people but just noticing like how me seeing some visuals and 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 hearing things around me just in surroundings how like little bits of energy i could feel them affect me um it was it was really really cool so my awareness of that is just so much is there it's like it wasn't there before which sounds weird for us not to think that we can't feel our own hearts and that's certainly was the case before and so and I, I think i shared with you this was actually after the first release that I, I talked with my wife on the phone about something really briefly and the i realized when she picked up the phone and we were, we were talking that the love I felt just through the phone was on a deeper level. I have immense love for my wife. And in, in that short little conversation, I just remember thinking of that moment, man, I just feel so much love for this person right now. Yeah, you you start to experience the finer and finer and finer elements of life um, as mm -hmm. you get naturally to your state. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna jump over to Amy, who, you know, you've we mentioned the John David, you mentioned the conversation that Amy kind of was the one who triggered this this conversation for you, the retreat that we were having. And I'll kind of give a little bit of the intro from my perspective, Amy, then you can kind of start taking over um, from there. You know. For me, I was teaching and, you know, this is the third day we were sitting there teaching and, you know, I really never really stop the way that I turned around and I looked over and I looked at Amy and I looked at her, but I, there was this nothing but this black object. Amy was physically shaking. She was sitting in her chair. I know it seems it is there. It's like, she was literally, I just, I stopped even Hallie who's been with me at every training. She's like, I've never seen you abruptly stop and put so much attention on something for it, uh, ever. And, uh, and which was really interesting to hear from Howie's perspective, watching me, um, go through this. 
And so I, all I saw, it's like, I, I explained, and maybe some people have been there. It's like, you, you can still see the physical side of Amy. It's not like she went away and there's a black object. You can just, you get an ultra refined sense of somebody's aura or their body or their, just this black energy that was around there. And I just literally stopped it. Like I didn't, like, I didn't think to stop. It just, it was there. And I was walked closer to you. And I just basically said, what is wrong with you? And it was just like that. Um, and I, and I would never do that normally to somebody, but it was just, that's the only thing that came out of my mouth. Um, and then, uh, so before I kind of dissected a little bit, Amy, why don't you just kind of jump in and, and, and take us up to that point and, and share, share a little bit with us. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm like one of the shyest in the group. So for Adam to say to me and, and point me out in like the whole group and, and single me out and go, what, what's, what's going on with you? What happened to you? Literally, like what happened to you? And I was like, I don't know. And in, in this moment in typically I would feel really embarrassed and self-conscious though. I wasn't embarrassed or self-conscious. I was just really able to engage and say, you know, I feel a little bit disinterested, you know, typically the spirituality part of project U is my favorite part. And, and, and last year, um, I was in project U last year and I'm doing it again for the second time this year. And it was kind of the unexpected that happened both times in the spirituality. And this is obviously the unexpected situation in the, in the second, yes. second year. In the first year, I really left that retreat and I could actually feel my heart center. I could like feel it open when I'm around people that I don't even really know what it always, why it triggers it, but I can feel it kind of an open an open heart center that allows me to be more present. So, you know, so I thought I'm coming to the second year of spiritual. Awesome. I'll just feel that stronger or something like that'll be great. And <laughs> it's not what was kind of happening through the couple days. I was like, I don't get any of this spirituality stuff. Um, you know, I'm completely disinterested. Disengaged was the word you kept using. Yeah, which yeah, I've, never, I've never heard you in years of, of, of knowing you. I've never heard you use that word, but yes. yes. Yeah. And I had I went to the bathroom a couple times before that, and I felt a little bit out of my body. I know that sounds strange, but I just felt like I was seeing the world in a different way, disjointed way, maybe. I don't know. So when I'm I'm sitting down and, and Adam's asking me what happened and I'm just saying either I'm disinterested or disengaged or, you know, I don't get this. I don't know what you want from me. Um, and, and Adam is saying, you don't need to seek anymore. You're like right there. You're like, it's, and, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, I don't know what to do. I mean, you brought me right here and just tell me what to do. And, and, there was another Amy that was sitting next to me. It was so cute afterwards. She was like, I wanted to hold up cue cards and, and tell you like what to say. <laughs> and um, th though, again, I wasn't, I was just kind of like, I, I did my best just to stay really engaged with, with Adam and whatever was going to happen. I was like, let's, let's do this. I don't know what's going to happen. And I didn't feel self-conscious. I didn't really feel afraid. I mean, you know, I know you were asking me to focus, you know, what's the feeling or, you know, just, I don't know. So I feel like I remembered a lot of what you said to me in those moments. Uh, and I just didn't, I, you know, I just didn't know what to, to do or to say. 
Yeah. So I don't know if you want to take it from there and kind of yeah. add anything at this point. Yeah, it was really interesting. Anyways, when I turned around and I saw you and, you know, you so I, I'm glad you brought up the product to you because you've been working on yourself personal growth for years and doing it very seriously and very, um, and, and, and pushing it hard. And also again, very successful and, and, you know, a mom as well too. So very ordinary, we're all ordinary people, right? So it's not like this is not like you've been sitting in a cave for the last 10 years doing, you know, those things you're using business, this opportunity right here. Right. And so, um, you know, when I looked over there, I said, wow, that's there. And then all of a sudden I was drawn into it and I could instantly feel in this kind of how I explained it to, to the group afterwards, there's this instant battle between, you know, me in this, this stored energy, this dark energy, um, you know, the best way I can explain it in, in, in power of now, Eckhart Tolle talks about that pain body, right. And, 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 and people have referenced that pain body before in other people and how he was in that restaurant at that time. And the pain body jumped from person to person. They ended up having to call the police and that guy who's, who basically the pain body jumped into and, and afterwards, but during it, I was so, I actually, I, like, I forgot everyone was in the room. I was concentrating on you. I was just trying to hold this pain body in its light. And every time that we were holding it there, and you were allowing it. And I, I think part of it is because you suppress things for so long that the disjointedness is actually the pain body trying to come up because it knew being here after three days of all this deep work, deep meditation that we were doing as groups was starting to show up and is actually getting rid of it. Remember energy, these entities, whether it's a thought or energy or emotions that you feel jealousy or anger or joy, those are all just vibrations of energy that everything is energy, right? Whether regardless of what it is. And so energy also as it can be stored in you, can, the instant it's shown the light almost, it's gone. The minute you have a release, it's gone forever, unless you have a, you know, so you store another experience. So it's not like it comes and goes. So you could, you could start to feel like it was battling me, like it was pulling every single thing from me to me. And it was like, it was almost like I was talking to it through you. Because the words that you use were completely different. The expressions, how you were shaking, how you were sitting, every, I mean, the whole room just went like, right. And it was just this battle um, of, of keeping this thing as, as, as far as we can. And for about 15 minutes, you know, you and I just kind of sat there at a real depth, just holding presence to this to allow this experience to kind of keep unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. You kind of just saying the same thing over and over again, but it was just like, it's there, it's there. Don't close, let it go. And like, just allowing to feel it. And as, as John David said earlier, like he could feel this happening because as it was coming up, it was basically dissipating in the room. Like you could, when you and I were done, like the whole room felt like everyone had a 50 pound weight on it because that energy is so dense. We spent so much energy trying to hold these things together inside. It's like, I want to go be okay, but I got to hold it back together here, right? And we spend all this energy holding these things together that we can't uh, let them go. But when we do, we realize how much energy, which is what we feel in terms of weight and energy, right? That denseness, you can walk into a room or the lightness when you walk into a room or around somebody's presence. And that was just there. And so we just, we held it there for a long period of time to kind of give it that light. And it was almost like a battle between me and it. And it definitely did not like my presence. It did not like me being there and did not like me bringing the light to it. And so when we finally hit this certain point where I could tell that it was, it was as far as we were going to get today, um, you know, we kind of backed off and, and, you know, it really took a tremendous amount of energy off of me, um, from it, which, which was fine, but it was, it was kind of going back and forth on this, on this battle. So why don't you take us from after that experience? Because before that, even people in the group was like, oh, what's wrong with Amy? Is she okay? Is she okay? You had some hesitations even coming here. It was almost like I remember Adi Shante talking one time where before he had a, a large kind of awakening, his body 
his mind almost tried to prevent him from actually going to a a workshop, a, a Buddhist workshop that he was working on for seven days. And actually he left because it convinced him to leave. And so it's kind of that same situation. I know before you even came there, it was almost convincing you almost not to even go there as if it knew that like, okay, it's my time, right? Like I'm going to go into this event and, and I'm not going to be able to control Amy anymore because she's gaining too much inner strength to allow me to control this anymore. And I just know that there's going to be like, I'm going to be part of it. It's going to be gone. That's the, that's the terror that people feel, by the way, is that the self concepts or the ego that you develop from these samskaras, they're stored so tightly in this big contraction. They're so tight that we hold on to it, it tries to control you so much. And when it can't control that anymore, it realizes it starts to die. So there is a part of you when, when the Bible talk about, I die every day, right? Or to, you have to, you know, it's to be reborn, right? And, and, and so as you die every day, what we're really referring to is that self-concept that we've created literally dies. And that's what's so terrifying because everything you thought was true, you're realizing in a moment that oh man, that's actually what dies. And it does die. And that's part of it is it actually is the annihilation of the ego. It actually, at some level, it actually just annihilates and it's, it's just starts to dissipate and just goes up. And so let's take us back to when we were done. We, we taught for a few more minutes, but and clearly the room was just just very an interesting state. So we kind of paused and we, and we left. And so take it from there, Amy. So, you know, before I kind of go on with my story, I'm just kind of curious if you would share with us, you know, have you had that experience that like your full ego like has dissipated? Um, it wasn't as big of a release for you, but over the last 14 or so years of, of well, really when I was 16, I'm 39 now. So the last, what, you know, 30, 20 years of my life, I've been working on myself and then more intently. And over the years, I think I've shared this with people you know, five or six times throughout the last decade, I've been faced with opportunities to really let go of a large part of me. And the first couple of times I didn't, I was actually very scared. And that's why when I recognized it in John David, because I recognized it in myself first. And every time I was by myself, I saw the, op the opening or the opportunity to really let go. And I would tell intellectually myself that I wanted to let go. But then the part of me that was like, well, what if you let go? What's going to happen to your business, Adam? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? It's almost like it tries to control you in that way. And you're like, I want to let go, but I want to control the letting go. And it's not until you really, until one day, I, I think I've shared this with people that I was there and I saw the opportunity and I, and I felt this deeper voice say, do you want to let go? And, and, and I started to, and I felt myself trying to close and I just said, I'm going, I don't care if I end up or what happens. That's literally what I said to myself. And then it was, it was, it, it, it kind of went over from there. It was just a big, massive relief. And, and ever since then, there's just been, it actually becomes at some point when you release enough, like it just becomes this very, um, you actually look forward to these releases. I know it sounds weird, but you, you start to gain very, like where the shock to the energy is flowing up so high that you don't need anything outside anymore to open you up. And so that you're just addicted, if you will, to your own energy source that's coming in and you look forward to anything that's going to increase that strength. That's a natural place that we have. So basically anything you can remove rocks from the dam to allow the energy to flow more naturally, you look forward to. So if you haven't realized Life is not easy, and it's actually a perfectly designed system because it's not easy. If it was just easy, we wouldn't get able to work on ourselves. So the whole point of why life is so difficult, and we all go through different challenges because we have different stored some scars or experiences that we need to get rid of ourselves to know thyself. And that is the way of doing that is to purify, right? Is to die to be reborn. All these things, just every day I die to be reborn, right? And so you just keep letting go and letting go of these things. Um, so yeah, over, over, over you know, 20 years or so, I've had many of them um, and, and more concentratedly um, the last couple of years, they've been 
much larger releases. So again, sometimes they'll be five or six minutes long where I'll be sitting there in such a, a place that like I can't breathe for almost 45 seconds because you're just removing this like, this thing from you. Um, and, and if you haven't been there quite yet and you work on the cells and it sounds a little there, it's, you know, if you're listening this far, awesome because you've had some experience in this or maybe you're, you're going to. So I, I wanted to bring these these individuals on. So if you are going through some of these things, this is part of the the process of real spiritual or personal growth. Right. There's all, and I say real, there's different levels, visualizations, work, neutralizations. We talk about all that in the podcast, but these are very deep levels of, Hey, I'm, I'm really committed. Like these two individuals are very committed to their inner growth, their spiritual growth. And these are the type of things that start to show up when you're this committed to it. So Amy, take this away. Thanks. So can I just ask another question now? Is it, is it, (laughs) is it always, I'm kind of answering for myself, but I guess for some people, it sounds like it's gradual Mm -hmm. and some people it just happens or does it happen? Does at one point you just know that there's a line in the sand or does that never line in the sand come maybe or what? Well, I wouldn't put any expectations on anybody's release or how it unfolds for anybody because then people are grasping their mind onto that next release. And that's the problem about sharing personal experiences with these things is because they they look for the same one. When should, every, and the reality is, like I told John David, everyone's is different. Everybody is different. The thing is, you'll know, for most people though, in general, it's so it's so small that they don't recognize it on a daily basis. And then something will trigger them that, or something will happen outside that used to trigger them and they won't be triggered anymore. And they go like two days later, they go, you know, man, this car cut me off. And I didn't even realize, I didn't even get pissed off anymore. Like it was crazy. I didn't even think about it because it's just not there. When you, when you don't care about when, when you're detached from needing something, you just don't care about it. Right. If there's a food that you don't like and somebody's like, Oh my God, I have this food and you don't like it. You're not like, I need it. Right. You're just don't, you don't need it. You're just living life. And, and so everybody goes through different experiences as part of the going through there. But the majority of people will tend to have these very, very slow, just like building a business, just like anything, it's very slow. And then at times you have these larger kind of in meditations or in larger groups or in areas where you're working with people to kind of get these larger releases. And then they'll go back to having lots of slow ones. And then just over time, you'll look back like you do like your fingernails. Like you look down your fingernails, they're like, they don't need to be cut. They don't need to be cut. And then all of a sudden you look down on there and they're like, how'd they get so long? And it's the same thing with your own personal growth and your spiritual journey is that it's very slow. But each day, if you, every moment, just like your physical body breathes every moment and your heart pumps, your energy body can, you can be worked on your energy body every single moment by not closing that heart and really working on it. And you actually become a different person every single second of every single day. Nice. Keep going. Thanks. So, so you were encouraging me to take this opportunity. I remember you saying like, this is not coming again. Like you were like, this is happening right now. And I'm like, I really want to take the opportunity and I don't know what to do. <laughs> And then there was another part of me that was saying, oh, he's kind of full of it. Like, you'll have another opportunity. (laughs) But I think I realized you're probably right. That that was like a big opportunity. Um, So anyway, so so after a few minutes, you know, he just I you just kind of said, well, I'm going to leave you for now. And you went back to teaching and and. 
you just like went right back into teaching. And I was like having this outer body experience of like, I'm watching Adam teach and I'm going to try to listen. And I am listening, but I don't know really what he's saying. And I felt really removed from my body. I know that sounds so weird. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, we broke for lunch and we got up to go to lunch. And, and the girl sitting to the right side of me here, she had a similar experience a different experience, but something like John David had. And so we kind of sat down and spoke about it. And then we went to lunch um, and spoke about it. And, you know, I think during the day, I didn't really, I mean, I definitely felt lighter, but I didn't really feel like anything really changed. And then the next morning I woke up and I like, really, my mind was not talking to me anymore. Mm. It it was like gone. Mm. I was almost like, what do I do? (laughs) It was almost like I had to like tell myself what to do. It was like the weirdest thing. I was like looking in the mirror going, it was like weird. It was so weird. And, um, and, and, you know, there was part of me that just, and it felt so content just felt, I didn't feel like that rush of energy. Like you say, like in the big rush of energy, I'm like, well, crap, I don't get the rush of energy. That's a <laughs> But I, I felt really content. And I think I, I just, I just, it, there was no separation. It was just, I was just like, there was just me who was in there. I wasn't, the mind wasn't there. I wasn't, because before this, I'm really working on relax or release. You know, you feel stressed. You see, a, I didn't see any thoughts. Yeah. yeah. There were no thoughts for like days. Yeah. And I didn't really want to go back to work because I was kind of enjoying it. <laughs> but I was like, well, I got to go back to work. So I'll go back to work and do the best I can <laughs> to figure out what to do since there's no mind like talking to me. Really what it is, is the ego isn't hijacking the mind, trying to control you. That's why there's so much talk is that the ego is in control and how it uses to keep you in control is by getting you to concentrate on the past or some future event or some attainment of goal or just narrating the world through how it views how it should be. And so when you release that and you get rid of that, you go to your natural state, which is just detachment from life, but enjoying every part of life. It was really cool. It was like in the airport and on the airplane. I was like, nobody here gets to do this. <laughs> this is so cool. And there's another part of me that also realized this probably is not going to last too long. <laughs> because that was way too easy. Uh, I know I texted Hallie and I said, well, I think there was a shift in consciousness. But I'm really not sure how long this is going to last. <laughs> so pretty much right after like engaging Monday, you know, in work, you know, mind was right back there and all kind of, you know, the anxieties were back there and kind of talking and, you know, regular self-consciousness or nervousness or that. And, and all my stress had left. I think that some of the stress is still completely gone. Yes. Like I, the stress I used to put on myself and, and it may come back, but for right now it's still away about, um, you know, producing results. There was, I had so, I put so much stress on my shoulders 
it was like the weight of the world, like on my shoulders. And that went away for me a little bit, at least it's only been like 10 days. <laughs> it feels pretty good. <laughs> 10 days. Um, so, so I can still, I can still see the separation. I just, I am more kind of back in the mind and the ego. And I know right before this happened, you actually reminded the whole group or asked the question. You said, who, who meditates when you meditate? Because we're doing some awesome group meditations. And then you also reminded us after we spoke about it after lunch, before we went to another group meditation, as you reminded us to focus on your mantra, though real for a subtle second, remind yourself who is or who is meditating and, and that I continue to do, you know, twice a day with my meditation and just doing my best just to strengthen that. Cause that, what that was is pure presence. And, and what I realized what that was is like pure presence is just love. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like the creator. It's like everything in one. And so, and I was talking to my best friend yesterday about it. And she just like, she's like, I don't understand what you're saying. What do you mean? Like I, I'm present. I show up, I exercise. It's me. I said, no, it's like different. And like, we we're talking about interactions with people. And I said, when you show up like a hundred percent present, then love and presence and peace, you know, just, it like helps the whole conversation. So there's not that there's not going to be challenges and disagreements, but there's something else that happens. It gets, the energy gets transmuted in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, remember this is, we're not, life is active. It's very active. You know, I was listening to somebody the other day or they wrote to me or texted me and they're like, I had this wonderful experience in my meditation. And then all of a sudden, blah, blah, it was great for a day. I was by myself and this, all these magical things. And all of a sudden I came back into people and it's like, should I remove these people from my world? And I can it just reminded me of that because I was like, no, that's the whole point. It's like, it, it would be, that's why people went to go live in caves because they got away from people. But you know, that's not our, that's not our nature. Now our nature is to be very active in life, whether that's a school teacher or first responder or building a business or employee or whatever you're doing, you're, you're being active in life because the thing is, is yes, you can go try to make it okay and kind of hide from the world. That's not what you want to do. You don't want to re renounce the world because you worked on a part of yourself and you got it released. Now there's a whole bunch more still left, right? And that's when you start really getting these higher states of um, that you hear masters talk about just this uplifting of joy. When most people are first going through this, they don't have this big uprush of joy for a long period of time. They're just, like you said, Amy and, and John David, is there's just a lightness to it. There's more separation. I know it now, right? It's like if, if you ask somebody to explain to somebody who's never eaten an orange before what an orange tastes like, you could use the best words in the world, but they wouldn't have the direct experience of it. They wouldn't know it. And then all of a sudden they take one bite of it and they go, oh, I know it. And you go, well, what do you know? They're like, oh, I just know it. And that's what I hear you, we both are saying is just like, I know it now. I get it now. And so now that's a different orientation because you've just kind of stepped up. Even though you go up, there's that residue that always stays with you about the knowing. And now you just keep working on yourselves. And that's what we continue to do is use business, actually jump back into it to go in there. And I know there's some challenges that showed up for you in the past couple of days, Amy, in business. So it's like, use that as an opportunity. It's like, oh, there it gets hit again. Let go. Remember I said, at some point you'll really... You, you won't, it'll, 
in the beginning, it'll kick you and it'll stay with you for a little bit longer. But over time, as you get to like, oh, here it is, you start to sense it so much quicker. You feel it around the edges of your heart first to try to close it. And that's when you go, nothing is worth closing your heart over. And that then you're using life as your greatest teacher which is what it is. And life is business. Life is, you know, um, an employee. Life is being a grandmother. Life is being a mother, a father, whatever that is. All these roles we play in life are fine. They're fun to build. They're fun to play with. They're fun to have fun things. Nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with building a business. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're using it to know thyself. You're knewing it, using it as even Maslow's hierarchy of needs to self-acquisition, right? It's the highest hierarchy of need there. And you're just using life as that opportunity to do it. So when people are going through these things, don't try to hide from life. It's actually when you're going through it, that's the time to jump back in full force of it and say, bring it on. It's kind of like... It's like you want to take your entire ego, your collection of everything, once you see it clearly enough and you know what that means, and at some point, hopefully you will, is listening to this, that you hold it like it's put on a piece of string and you hold the string of your ego out to the world and say, come get it. And like you can just see it and the world just comes and gets it. And it's like, take it from me. I don't want this in me, but you have to have a lot of strength to be able to recognize it and then a lot of strength to be willing to to not lie to yourself in the moment to protect the ego. And I don't mean blatant lies. I mean to not willing to tell the absolute truth because you're afraid to protect the ego in itself. So just hold it out there and do it. And so awesome. I love it. I love how, um, you know, the both those stories, you kind of, you have this residue, you have this, this experience, they're totally different, but yet at the same time, they're the same process, right? It's the, it's, that's why I like to refer to this as it's just a process unfolding of the real work. And I wanted to bring you both on here as kind of uh, examples of this, of just real examples. Cause when people are going through this, they need teachers. They need people to help them around and saying, what you're going through is actually accurate, right? It's actually okay. And, and, and as you start to do that, you develop your own mastery of it. So you can continue to work on yourself, uh, even more. So thank you. Um, any, by the way, any final comments from either of you before we jump off? One thing, what you just said, Adam, was a realization I had was that the, by now knowing this, you know what that work is, like what that actually means. Like I said that, that to you a couple of days ago, that it all makes so much knowing now makes so much more sense because now the work, real work begins and I know what that actually means now. Yeah. And I, I told everybody in the beginning of, of this or people that coached me from spiritual sections, I said, you know, understand that this is a lot of hard work. They're like, I know it's hard work. And then when they actually go through some of this, they go, man, I get it now. I understand what you're saying that this is hard work. It's not hard in the sense that it's hard. It's hard because you have to sit through these experiences and they're just, they're hard. <laughs> it's, you'd be willing to look at this from a completely different level. Right, Amy? Amazing. And touch on real quick, like that, that terror of letting go of your real identity, because we're, because our mind is so wrapped into our ego and our identity that it, we don't want to let go of that. Even though we, even if we tasted the experience of it, there's some sort of something still wants us to hold on it because the unknown, even though I know that when you undam that, the flow just comes like, that's the whole purpose of being here on the earth. But there's another part of me that I don't know, just won't let that go. I mean, the ego has been all of your life controlling you. I mean, really running your life, or you can put an eye in there and ruining your life. It's just running you. And from, and it's not, it's just how, particularly people in Western society and, and high achievers, they're just running your life. And yes, you can relatively get it okay at times. But what you start to understand is that there's a finer element to this. And it's kind of like when the Buddhists talk about just tree. I remember 15 or so years ago, when I first looked at a tree, 
uh, at some point, maybe even longer now, I looked at it and I was like, holy mackerel, like there's actually more to this tree. And I was like, there's no, I don't, you see the bark yet when you see the bark, you can see the source that's in it. And the way I explain this to somebody the other day when they're trying to get it, it's like, well, how do you, like sometimes when I'm in a meeting, I will see way beyond the individual if I really start tapping into that and you can just see who they are. It's kind of like what namaste means. Namaste is like, I see the light in you. I got the light in me. Let's skip this whole human thing and let's just honor that light that's in both of us, right? It's kind of namaste in my words. And and for, sometimes when you're going through these, you start seeing this finer elements of people. And it's actually, I remember the first time I did it, I was in a meeting and I'm like, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm so just, you can see the person, but you can beyond it. And so here's how I explained it to somebody who's going through this. I said, it's like this. If I ask everybody who's listening to think of an apple in their head, you can see the apple, right? You can see the apple in your mind's eye. That's how you start to see the finer and finer elements of people. It's like you no longer see the physical structure of it, which you still can. You can always go to that. But you see the finer elements that actually makes up the person or makes up the tree or the plant or whatever you're looking at. And so you see it the same way you would see an apple in your mind's eye. People are like, well, how do you see it? It's like, that's how you see it. And that's just the closest I can kind of describe it to it. And so what happens is people get so wrapped up in their ego that the terror that comes in when you can actually see, like you can see that apple so clearly in your head. If I said, think of an apple, like people think of a red apple or a green apple. They see it in the front, they see it in the rear. People see it at different angles, but it's that clear to you go, no, I can see an apple but this apple's not in front of you, I can see the apple, okay, great. Now, when you see the ego that with that much clarity, meaning you can see what you've wrapped yourself around, it looks just like that apple that you can see in your mind's eye, you can see it in there just like you're seeing the apple, and you become aware, you're like, oh, I, I get it, I see it, and you see what actually has to be let go, and there's sheer terror from letting that go, and it's a step, most people can get, they're on this path, they can get to kind of, relatively getting the mind quieting down. They can get that relatively okay. They can even work with their emotions a little bit. They can get that relatively okay. All wonderful things, by the way. But if you're going real, real deep in this orientation in your life, you will be faced at some point just because the work you do of recognizing like, oh, I have to let that go. And that's what the terror is. And that's how it'll show up in your head. It'll literally be like, you're like, I'm working on this. And you are, you're doing, doing the visualization. You, do, you can settle the mind down. You can settle your emotions. You can kind of relax, three, two, one, relax. You can work with the energy. But then at some point you transmute the energy. Then at some point when you have to do ultimate surrender and you see the ego, like you see the apple that I ask you to think about, you go, I don't know if I'm willing to let that go. And I ask a lot of people in a group, I would say, if I gave you the opportunity right now for full enlightenment, whatever that meant, you know, at the highest level of enlightenment, but you had to be willing to let go of everything you think you are, would you do it? And most people, they intellectually want to say yes, but they're honest with themselves, say, no, I'm not ready yet. And that's, that's the difference. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not a wrong thing or a right thing. It's being honest with yourself. And so then you do the work that we're talking about here, all these little releases and these larger releases and little releases and larger releases for years until some point you recognize you're like, now I see how, now I have the, the spiritual strength so my psyche is not fractured so I can actually sit here and let go of this finally. And that's what ultimately will happen with the annihilation of the ego or into these higher and higher states that you can get into. And, and so that's the path and a, and a short antidoted version of this, of what tends to happen when you start letting go, letting go, letting go. It becomes so clear, like, again, like the mind's eye can see the apple. You can see the ego in that same way. And there's nobody that's going to try to tell you that it's not there. It's just you see it. 
you just see it. You know who you are. You know that the essence that's there, the awareness, and you see the apple. And then all of a sudden you go, I've got to let go of that. And then you get to make that decision of when that's right for you. And everyone's different. And don't, what I would tell you, anybody is just never force that. You don't ever want to force that. You will know when it's right. And, and when it is, you'll, you'll let it go. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening in. We really, really appreciate you following along with us to the end. I have a special guest today joining us for this uh, outro. Say hi, Sienna. Hi. Well, anyways, enrollment for Project U 2021 has just opened up, and we do only have a few spots left. Some participants from previous years, like those you've just heard, will be joining us again. So we'd love you to join in their experience as well, too. And we also have a great group of people for this next year-long session. So, Sienna, where do people go if they're interested? If you're interested in joining us, head to adamherganauthor.com to learn more. Yes, awesome. We'll hope to see you there.